It's episode 17 of Whippets and Flat Caps. Hello, my ugly little ducklings. I hope you're all bloody fantastic. Hmm, the ugly duckling. We remember that story, don't we? A homely little bird born in a barnyard, in brackets, Mark Flanagan, who suffered abuse from others around him, in brackets, Salford fans. <laughs> Much to his delight and the surprise of others, he matures into a beautiful swan, the most beautiful bird of all. The magic weekend wasn't so magic for Salford. Some might call it tragic. Yes, they lost again. And as the patron of the RFL, Prince Harry, a.k.a. Jason Punchin, who was busy marrying his worldie from the top of the league, that's exactly where John Wilkin and St. Helen stayed. Subscribe, download and enjoy the wonderful Whippets and Flat Caps and follow us on Twitter at WhippetsRL. So Johnny Wilkinson got an invite to the royal wedding, but John Wilkin didn't how but, do we explain that one well, may i just say that's the best introduction i think the most effort you've put into prepping an introduction for a number of reasons one you incorporated a story that everybody could relate a to danish poet secondly it was kind of degrading towards mark flanagan which yeah. we've come to understand is is popular too correct part of your um, humor isn't it well done correct it is um and in response to why i wasn't invited to the royal wedding is because i have no fucking connection to the royal ooh, family ooh, whatsoever early swearing, <laughs> early swearing. <laughs> i hope there's no children whatsoever um, i'm not anti I'm, I'm not an anti-royalist oh here we go now the debate starts no i'm not i'm not at all but no. i just why would i be invited to a wedding but you're not a monarchist no, I am. No, I'm fine. I'm happy with them doing what they do. It was for me as an outsider looking in when I saw the people who were there. It was a bit like we vetted people. Let's see if you are popular or doing well enough to come. Like I wanted to see some of her no. friends. I wanted to see some of her friends who'd been to college and dropped out. You know, yeah, what couple of trolls. Pile, pile coverage on the team. Like a guy who just discovered weed at 18 and he just lost his way a bit and was at the wedding. You know what I mean? Mm. I di didn't see any of that real. We've, we've all got those friends, haven't we, that just went yeah, down a different failures. path? Yeah. Uh, I've They're got a few. I know John's got yeah. plenty. And there's always, there's always <laughs> plenty. those mates that you, you still stay loyal to who've had a few kids by the time they're 21 and in and out of employment. They've got a few problems with drink and alcohol and always let themselves down at the wedding i just really hope those kind of characters were there on the day <laughs> well, weren't. james haskell might have been one of those mm. although he's done all right for himself but no on, Did on, you... in response to that he is actually a he, james haskell is actually a mate of prince harry he's not just a guy well, just, I, I think we need to redefine mate no, no he is he was a, he comes to birthday mates. parties he's coming on the stag that we're going on next year Really? Yeah, he's, no, he's good mate. Prince Harry is going yeah. on the stag. You said the, the stag do no. we're going <laughs> on next year. No, he's not. Yeah. So well, well, you, maybe you're not three you guys, but I, and you know. Harry are going on Haskell's stag. Well, one of us is going well, on that stag. But you, you are insatiable when it comes to like Instagram stories, yeah. pictures. Yeah. What do you mean? What well, What I'm saying is you like a fan could. Hole. Yeah, you could no. not fanboy be in his company without having some kind of picture in a weird situation like you and harry yeah. maybe smoking a cigarette outside a night maybe cigar, something out yeah. cigar maybe, maybe you, you'd harry. spend all weekend with your arm around him shouting harry, harry look at the camera harry, harry. Yeah, that's not my style but you've got me all wrong john i haven't got you all wrong no, you're not you're not subtle enough that's not my well because you, you're, you're alluding to the fact that i was at a wedding at the weekend with justin marshall and ian bolsher my two new rugby friends who mm. actually well, i mean pretty big dogs bigger really dogs. you know the we're biggest dogs. thinking of starting our own podcast no big deal I what, need no introduction. What call? World Cup winner and one what of the All Blacks. You need no introduction. Silver, <laughs> silver, silver spoons and <laughs> corgis. <laughs> Justin, Mar Justin Marshall, big big boy. Oh, he is. Name. Big he's not a little, but... Character. 
Out of character. We were stuck by the um, the rum and coconut punch bowl, as known as the painkiller drink, for most of Friday, mm. which carried on. And how did you on Saturday? Did it kill the pain? Are you feeling? You feeling more pain? I'm still very much numb now. Actually, I, th- I think I am actually still drunk Good. from from Friday. Has it numbed yeah. the demons in your head or? No, no, they're very much. They're very alive. Much. Actually, they're probably more alive than ever when you've got a very hangover. Alive. They're alive. But that's where I was, you know. Man of the world was down in Provence, little wedding weekend. <laughs> bit of rosé. <laughs> bit of rosé. <laughs> bit of rosé. Like jag, blue, pale suit. Don't worry about that. I saw the suit, actually. Where was the suit from? That like was, do you know what my wife that was top, man. saw the suit and said, hmm, Will's suit's nice. And Did I'm she? not necessarily sure. Is that why she liked my photo? She may well have done. She may well have done. Because in the modern world, that means she wants to have sex with Correct. you. Correct. <laughs> <Duh. Duh. laughs> no, so whose wedding was it? It well, was just a mate I used to live with. The one that named names. Called, he's, called, he's called Tony. Tony. He's called Tony. He's called Tony. He's called Anthony. It was, it was oh. and, he, and he went. He went to school with Bolshaw, and Bolshaw and Marshall were mates when they were at Leeds Carnegie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one thing led to another, and they, but they are yeah, good two, lads, two great boys, good lads, great boys, great yeah. lads, yeah. great lads, ne- nearly as good as Mark's wedding in Barcelona. Yeah, that was a good wedding, if not better. A great wedding. Um, so Whitney Houston's "Oh, I Want to Dance with Somebody" that made that made was, that featured was, was no was Prince Harry's um, first song. Excellent. First dance. Well, First no, it, I think he's a great lad, isn't he? You can tell yeah. he's yeah. a good lad. Um, I think one thing that was, you know, how quickly people now edit these vines together, the, the meme, what are they called? Memes. Memes, memes or yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah, people, <laughs> exactly. We can call it, we can call it meme. Exactly. Meme. Exactly. Well, I saw one of those and he was, uh, I think, mouthing the words, I'm shitting myself. Did he? Yeah. At the altar. To, yeah, to yeah, that, yeah. At the altar. And I Did thought, he? good lad. Yeah, they're just good boys, aren't they? Because people have. Yeah. People, I guess, have... Uh, I don't know why we're still talking about the Royal Wedding, but why not? Uh, it's topical. No, but and I your think, friends were there and you were. Yeah, Anna bowled Harry out at school. Don't worry about that. I told you that story? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's okay. Bowled out middle we're stump fine. in front of Diana at school. True story. And yeah. took the stump home and tormented him off the pitch as he left and celebrated in front of Diana when we were about 12. Yeah. But anyway... What school was that, Will? That was at, that was at Papplewick against Ludgrove. No, no. You, you, uh, what would you mean by you tormented him as he left the pitch? So I, so I, I, I I'm, I'm wary. I might have already told this story on Whippers and Flat. No, you haven't. So, no, 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 you definitely okay. haven't. No. So uh, we were. So I'm, I'm in a year between William and Harry. Right, William's a year older. Harry's a year. Yeah, no, we understand the concept yeah. of school. <laughs> yeah, as well. thank some, you. Some people from Witness are listening, and I just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon's, no, I'm Sharon joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I've been to Saddleworth. I've honestly been to Saddleworth. I haven't. So. I went to prep school called Papawick, opposite Ascot Racecourse. With mm. that's where me and Haskell went to school together. Lovely first part off. of the world. And um, I think it was like this. It wasn't the first. It was like the second team. Uh, and we're talking 1995 slash six, so the year before Diana died. And um, there was some sort of chat that she'd turn up, and it was a way. So it was at our place at Papawick. And she turned up, loads of security around her. And bear in mind, 95 was when she was, I know she was always kind mm. of in the limelight, but that was when she was really in her yeah. prime, wasn't it? So where of, did she bat? Um, for the other side. Oh, hey. Hey. Joking, she didn't. And um, so Harry came in. I think Harry was recollection. He was like number five, number six. It wasn't great. Mm. And I was sort of right arm, medium pace. And genuinely uh, t- took him second ball of the over. Yeah. Middle stump went flying. I celebrated literally like, um, who am I thinking of? Glenn McGrath. Like, ah! 
Yeah, Brett Lee. I think Brett Lee. Brett Lee as Not well. Not Glenn was really understated. Was he? <laughs> yeah, he was really understated. <laughs> I took the middle stump out and uh, held it off. To, like, to, and we ran, we ran over to Diana, celebrated the security. We were like a little bit like, what the hell is going on? Who are these 11-year-olds? And um, and then, you know, that was the thing. And then we, I used to swim against William, play rugby against William. And it was always the mentality back then was, let's get him, get the princes, hurt them, yeah. injure them. But I actually think on the flip side to that, imagine being in a team with a royal. So played mm. on the same team as them. They're always mm. going to get picked. Like you said, he, he was batting number five. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have been. Yeah. You've, you've got him out quite easily. Yeah. And with gritted, with gritted teeth, you have to go, <laughs> well done, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we, we, made, we made it in a really I know, vicious. but you're, the, you're on the opposite team, Will. I'm talking yeah, about okay. if so you're in his team. team. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay. yeah, he's always going to get picked. Imagine now if he signed for Lee yeah. Centurions. <laughs> He would, would be, he would definitely get a game. game, wouldn't it? He would definitely get a game. Good for the profile. He'd be like, game. and Harry is, uh, uh, he's captain and he's kicking. Mm. <laughs> wow. William was the same. William was in the second team, and he, uh, I remember he, well, he played second row. Obviously, a bit lanky, but you know, throw him up during the lineouts. And we're not talking; they weren't that technical. The lineouts back then at uh, Papwickham against Ludgrove. But you know, throw the tall, lanky guy up; he'll catch the ball. But whenever he got it, it was always a case of like, you know, when you fall on someone, you want to fall just a little bit harder. Mm. It's like, Ugh. The try, poor and, lad. try and break the prince's I'm, ribs. I'm thinking, now, I'd, I'd, I'm thinking if, you know, what a poor lad having no, all this animosity no, no, I agree with pushed you. towards him. I agree with you. Are you sorry for your actions? I am sorry for my actions. Jealousy and if envy. You're Harry, Jealousy is a horrible mistress. Yeah, if you're listening, Harry, Will is sorry. Yeah, and, and, and maybe he is listening because he is the patron of the rugby football league. Is that why Kevin Sinfield was at the wedding? Was he there? Yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah. I think so. He, he was at the wedding, yeah. So what... So, so, Talk, you, should, you guys well, should know, why is he the patron of the Rugby Football League? Um, the Queen I, think, was the I, last, think the, I think it's a title that one of the royal family must hold for all the major sports of the country and he's probably drawn the short straw and he's has to be the patron of Rugby League. But, but if there was going to be one, one of the, the royal Queen. family that is a patron of Rugby League, it should be Harry. Harry is the most, yeah. I'd say the closest to the demographic of rugby league mm. in a lot of ways he's, he's, he's like got he's obviously got something about him he's witty mm. you know he, he, he's he's very firmly I don't think he's too distant from the everyday man as as much as you can be as a member of the royal family <laughs> excuse me as, as a member of the royal family he's as right. close to us as and he's anybody a big, he's a big rugby union fan yeah. as well so that makes sense for for him to be a patron of, of the other cord and he's been to England rugby league training sessions yeah a few of the lads have met the him um, Sam's met him, hasn't he? Sam yeah, Sam's met him. Mm-hmm. Luke Gale and a few of the England stars have met him and said he was a really good guy. He's a great lad. He's a great lad. He's a great lad. But, he, but he, he did take over the role from the Queen, who we, we know is a, is a massive Batley Bulldogs fan. But what, mm. what did the Queen do for the game of rugby league? Well, her and Sharon Stone were really <laughs> trying to get the Sevens game off and off the ground <laughs> for some time. Sharon Stone got a really good witness team together with Doug Lawton back in the 80s. Mm. Uh, the Queen, yeah, I don't think the Queen did an awful lot. She's not lot. been to Mount Pleasant much, has she, I don't think. She didn't mm. like the slope no. at Batley's Ground. But I'm just, trying, just I'm trying to take us all, I'm trying to capture the imagination of the Whippets and Flatcaps fans um, and take us inside that reception room when, you know, Harry drove the, the E-Type Jaguar. He'd been at that thing all day just thinking, like, pretty much let's just get pissed now, basically, you know, at the reception where there were no cameras and so on. So what happened? We know that there was Whitney Houston. You know, was Whitney Houston was there? No, she no, wasn't there. Oh, she's dead. She's still very much dead. She's dead, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just wonder whether sort of Philip was doing any congas mm. or the, whether the, do you the Queen danced at all? They said uh, Camilla was slut dropping. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Mm. <laughs> What is this? Kev Sinfield on his on his Instagram story had Camilla yeah. slut dropping. No. 
No, Honestly, of course he didn't. No, right. Of course he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, you reckon, do you reckon the Queen dances at all? Yeah, I think she does. Brilliant. But I think they've got... They're quite reserved. Mm. I couldn't It'd be a two-step, I saw it? the preacher guy, you know, the, the, the American Bishop priest. Michael, Bishop uh, Michael Curry. Oh, he was my amazing. God. Oh. Unbelievable. The power! My, the power! My, my, I was like, it's the most un-British royal family thing ever. He goes, <laughs> hey, did any of you guys drive down here? I don't think so. Look at all them chariots outside. <laughs> he's trying to be sort of, I guess he's trying to challenge their, their love and their relationship, but by being super aggressive. Like, you guys know about the power of love! <laughs> <laughs> it's so scary Just watching for the watching sake of George people. Clooney's face and uh, David Beckham in the <laughs> if people didn't watch it though they're just going to be listening to this now thinking why are they all showing what why didn't I watch the it hell? what a breakdown yeah. what and, and the hell? you didn't watch it because you were actually on the pitch playing rugby at that time no we watched it before we went <laughs> yeah. Tommy Makinson had it on your in the team the in the team that. meeting Tommy Mack we are all stretching you could hear like these organ playing in the background <laughs> like Tommy what, what are you watching <laughs> it was like just watching the royal wedding I was like <laughs> okay okay oh what a build that what a build what was your first um wedding song john i remember it, it was very it was very understated wasn't it what was I remember the first, the, 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 the first wedding, wedding dance wedding? song where it's called song? um it was yeah. <laughs> outcast i like the way you move it was wasn't it, it? was yeah. what a weird man was that yours or fran's choice nah, i'll be honest it was fran's it was like, <laughs> mark I was, was. Uh, he doesn't know. No, he he does. can't remember. He does. Again, it was chosen by my lovely wife, Sophie. It was Ray LaMontagne. Um, you're the best thing that's that ever happened You're the best thing that ever happened. Not that one. Similar, no. but different. Yeah, better. 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 Um, what else do you want to talk about this week? What have you been, what have you been up to? Was, it was a, as we said, a, a magic weekend for, for you, John, and a, a tragic, tragic weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was I mean. Gag used twice. Well, yeah. It, it, I think St. James's Park is a great stadium. It was like, empty there, wasn't it? Um, I, don't, I don't know how full it was relative to its capacity. Like <laughs> pretty empty. It looked, was it? Well, you the tell me. I saw it looked pretty empty. Yeah, no, I think at times it was full. I just <laughs> <laughs> During certain games. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. So it's a crescendo of games that build oh, up to it crescendo. being oh, wow. That well, shit just happened. So, sorry for using the right word in the right context. Bishop Michael Curry, the power of love! Do you want me to use another word? It gradually got more full. As the day went on, oh, I guess. Um, continue, John. Oh, back in the ring. No, <laughs> no, you don't. No. no, it was. Look, St James's Park is brilliant. It was funny after the game actually because we we'd finished. We got a good win against Witness. We didn't play all that great, but I think Witness are a better side than people give them credit for. I think they're really dangerous with the ball. Like they, they move the ball around a lot and, so and whatnot. Anyway, we, anyway, we finished the game. Big fan, Sean Stone. Big fan. <laughs> we finished the game and. Uh, my mum and dad were in the stadium they said uh, should we meet somewhere um, and I asked the stewardess I was like where is there somewhere it was a stewardess then. or a steward stewardess steward, stewardess sorry you on a plane or you at the St James's Park steward stewardess stewardess oh, what, yeah. like a, feminine. a female steward to stop a female steward a female steward a female steward wearing a high vis um, yeah. yeah I think we still call like actors we call women actors as well now we, actresses yeah, we're not in the 1985s don't call it an actress 1985 no, a, a, a female a, a, you don't call them an actress anyway you call them an actor right kind of, kind of sexist John oh. so, so, yeah. so yeah she's a steward as well But so you're a broadcaster yeah not a broad, broadcastress broadcastress <laughs> hi I'm, I'm a broadcastress no so anyway we from Minnesota, Minnesota <laughs> Gary um, no so I asked the steward Yes, yeah. or steward, whatever. Um, the S in for, a, for just a quiet place in the stadium to have a drink, and she said, 
like to meet my mum and dad uh, who were just wandering around and she said I'll take your pick I was like what do you mean she went well pretty much all of the bars and all of the places are empty but if it's to recommend one bar go to the stadium museum on level two <laughs> so me my mum and my dad I had a pint of Guinness with my dad in the uh, Bobby Robson <laughs> suite <laughs> yeah it was amazing with all the glass cabinets, all like Newcastle memorabilia. So, what are you suggesting here? Well, it was just quiet. You oh. wasn't expecting it to be that quiet. No. You know what I mean? I think Newcastle, the city, benefits from the game. But nine, people... nine million pounds um, goes into the city through tourism. Yeah, and I'm not sure how many how many people. I think in the concourse and in the main fan areas, people are having a good time. But hospitality was pretty quiet, and the actual stadium itself. It's probably not getting rinsed as much as the bars and the clubs and hotels outside the ground. You know, people are constantly in and out. I think that's the beauty of it, but it's also a bit of a weakness because the fact you can walk in and out as you please means mm. you might tune in, it looks empty. 20 minutes later, it's full. An hour later than that, it's empty again. So depending on when you tune in, it depends on what your impression of the games would be. Because there's a lot, Mark, there's lots to talk about this week in terms of the Magic Weekend. All right, let's, we can almost just forget Newcastle now because next year, potentially, it's going to be somewhere else, correct? Ralph Rimmer yeah, was saying that he's th- had offers from all sorts of places. I think it's been at um, Newcastle Jeez. for the last four years and that's the most it's ever been at a single venue. Mm. So it does seem time to refresh it a little bit. Whether... Um, reports a bit to be believed and it is to go abroad to well, he, he said Ralph Rimmer has said New York have offered to, yeah. to host it mm. whether they choose that or which, not which, I, let's, that's it's a big the, play it's a big call if it was to happen was that's it amazing is it just New York or did he say the New no. York City Stadium. Knights franchise yeah. in York <laughs> no no it was actually New York New York City it was New York but City that, that is incredible if it would would that would that work I mean if we can't fill up Newcastle which is just up the road um well, I think would, the it, American public are quite receptive to sport, new sports and <coughs> and, and franchises. I, th- I think having seen Toronto um, attendances from last season when they were getting six, seven thousand uh, at their home games is is testament to to the support of of sport in 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 North America and Canada. Um, whether or not that'd work and, and translates to the Magic Weekend I don't have a clue to be honest but in some ways right the Magic Weekend is a great concept but we're taking it to Newcastle which is what it's two two hours away from Hull it's already quite close to rugby league playing areas isn't it Yeah. but our impact there seems to be relatively minimal like it doesn't seem to yeah. oh, oh, get all that, so, all that much traction so if you're going to do something like that why not do it big Go somewhere. I'd be interested to know the um, the breakdown of, of fans from the northeast going to the Magic Weekend and just the normal rugby league public just going just travelling up from, from well, it, the, the with, towns in the You can just tell it's it's ninety odd percent rugby league fans, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah. genuine rugby league fans. And and don't get me wrong, you get the odd person say, "Oh, I'm coming." I bumped into a guy before the game who said he was specifically coming. He's a rugby union Falcons fan. Mm. He's coming to watch Ben Barber play, mm-hmm. and I thought, "Wow, that's like powerful, that isn't it?" Yeah. For, the, for the for the impact of having star players, mm. he said, "I've heard so much about this guy. I wanted to come and watch him in the flesh." But that, in that oh, one sentence play? is what it's all supposed to be about. Isn't he it? well. Yeah. That's exactly what it's supposed to be about. In yeah. terms of when you're trying to attract new, everything we've been talking about over the last seventeen weeks is exactly that. Yeah. In but, terms of attracting but new people, what I'm saying is, if you're going to do that, why not do it big? Do it big. Take but it he's not going to go to New York to watch Ben Barber, is he? T- but take it somewhere where you know it's a new audience altogether. Mm. I, I just think there's a, there's an argument for that because all we're doing with the Magic Weekend is draining the pockets of the everyday rugby league fan who hasn't got like 
like everybody lives to the means, don't they? Mm. So if you've got to spend 300 quid or say if you've got a family of four, it's a thousand pound weekend. If you've got the Challenge Cup quarterfinals, semifinals and finals coming up, what are you going to do? Well, we'll have a great time at the Magic Weekend, but then, you know what, we'll duck out the quarters, we'll duck out the semis and we'll see if we make the final, we might make the trip, we might not. You know, and I think we're just sort of... You think- it's the same pot of money, we're just we're just twisting it around slightly and we've prioritised the Magic Weekend over the Challenge Cup. So here's, so here's a suggestion, you, you, Mark. It's taken priority in people's lives than yeah, the Challenge Cup final. I, I, absolutely. So, I think so it's, a, it's a better event now than the Challenge Cup final. And yeah. that for me is absolutely tragic. Loads of people have suggested to me over the last couple of weeks, why not move the Challenge Cup final date mm. and make the Magic Weekend fit in with it actually being a quarterfinal round or whatever, a last 16 round of the Challenge Cup. So that instead of having the same concept of the Magic Weekend, but change it to having a round of the, the Challenge Cup. Yeah. I think that would work. I think, yeah. I think the Magic Weekend flaws the competition slightly. So for instance... Um, a team like Widness playing against St. Helens when they, they could have easily been drawn against a lower league team. It, it's tough on them because they're less likely to, to win a match against St. Helens as they would probably us or Huddersfield or Catalan, someone yeah. lower down the table. So it's it's a disadvantage to them. And it I distorts think, the competition, yeah, doesn't it? It's it does, not fair. It's not fair. So it's just it, it's an extra fixture. So it's not home and away each team. The Magic Weekend is an extra fixture. So we played Widness. Right, and, and with all due respect, Widness are near the bottom of the table and Warrington played Wigan. Now, is that fair? It's not fair, is it? No. So we're not, it's, it's, not a, it's not a level playing field. Whereas if we did play the, the full quarter-final rounds of the Challenge Cup, if we played that as a magic weekend sort of concept, the scheduling of the Challenge Cup for me is a whole different topic because it's a complete mess. So you start it in February... And then there's a game six weeks later. Then two months later, there's another game. Then there's another game six weeks after that. And then the relevance of that for a casual fan on the BBC becomes difficult, doesn't it? Mm. Because it's not continuous. It's not repeatable. It's not expected. So for me, the first thing I'd do is move the Challenge Cup final back to May with scheduling, do what you need to do. Get the Challenge Cup final back to May for two reasons. One is it spreads out the, the cash burden on rugby league fans. So they don't have to backload all of the money to August and September, October when all the cash is going out through Challenge Cup semi-finals, finals, playoffs and then a grand final. Mm. It spreads out the, the need, the cash flow for fans, in, essentially. Secondly, then, it gives you the opportunity to do a big event like the Magic Weekend as part of the Challenge Cup. And do you know what? The BBC would love that, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. To pick the I- best game out of a four-game sequence or something or do it in two two lots two days Saturday and Sunday so have four four big games over two days and pick the two best ones I'm sure if that concept came up the BBC wouldn't have it for much longer that would be the kind of thing that Eddie Hearn would get a semi on about and it would go to Sky it would go to BT and then that's kind of everything we've been talking about isn't it yeah yeah well, it just it becomes I think more marketable I think the argument for bringing the challenge cut forward to when it was traditionally in May is, is, is a good one actually I think there's there's too much emphasis on teams doing okay during the season and then there being a bit of a lull in the middle and then having to peak at the end. I think bringing that forward would, would mean that teams have to be more consistent throughout more most of the season. Yeah, definitely. Sure, surely this is a conversation that Rob Elston is going to be having with people, if not even just in his own head. So Rob Elston, who's you know, a man you know very well, mm. uh, was in rugby league a long time ago. He's a Barnsley-born yeah, Cass, Cass fan. Yeah, big Cass fan, yeah. yeah uh, he was on the he board was, at Cass, wasn't he? He was the deputy... Mm 
at the time to the chief executive Morris Lindsay at the RFL in the 1990s, went to Everton. I think he had 13 years at Everton. He's since, in the last couple of weeks, come back. Everton have got a new CEO. He's come back as the Super League CEO, which, again, I found very, very strange in the sense that it wasn't announced by anyone to do with Rugby League. It was announced by Bill Kenwright, the Everton chairman, which kind of sums up, again, things that Mm. we've... But Rugby League retweeted it. I mean, is, there you go. Is so that, is that synonymous? Not, is that not pathetic? Uh, well, I think the information transfer from everybody in the game could do with the kick up the ass, couldn't it? That, that happens all over. That that things get leaked and and people say things before they, the sporters say things. No, but but he, it's still nothing has been. And there's not. Oh look, I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm back. I'm. We've got a new CEO of Super League. We're going in the right direction. We're going places. It's been. It's been not leaked. It was confirmed. Not leaked. Confirmed by Everton. Well, yeah, but. Look, who knows? Maybe there was an agreement at a certain date that they could say. Right. Bill Kenwright might have jumped the queue and gone, well, this is what's happening. OK, well, that by the by then, it, what kind of guy is he? Is he is he the right kind of guy yeah, to take this game forward? He's really personable. Like, people will like him and, and, and people will, um, I think, respect him and follow him. I As think opposed to, to Brian Barwick and Nigel no, no, we're not talking about them. We're no, talking but we're talking about, about former leaders of this game. So is, is he very different to those guys? Well, yeah, Brian Barwood didn't have. He was doing a couple of days a week with the RFL. I don't think he had a much of a, a state and a bit of a st- much of a stake in the game to, to command having people follow him. Um, Nigel Wood probably has been there a long time. So, you know, when when someone's been in such a position for so long, they can. I think probably it does become a time for for, for things to be freshened up. So, I think John's probably better better prepared to speak on Elston because I've not had much to do with yeah, it. But no, is, he, is he really thought, is he a forward thinking guy? Is he, is yeah, well, he, look, is it's he... hard to say because I've only met him, I've not met him in a, an executive sort of mm. context. I've not sat in a boardroom with him. I've not listened to his stra- like strategising about sport. I've, I've, I've been in his company on probably five or six occasions. Every time I met him, I found him to be charming, interesting, interested in what you've got to say. Mm-hmm. Big rugby league fan, really passionate about the game. Now, all those ingredients, I think, are things where I don't think the game has been particularly great. Uh, you know, somebody who gets out and really charms people and presents well yeah. is maybe what the game needs. Um, I think Robert can do that. I, I'm excited for Robert to to take charge. I think a big loss for the game was Blake Solly. When Blake Solly yeah, left the game. That. I thought we lost a really sharp mind who was capable of driving things forward and somebody who I, as a, as a senior sort of player, would have bought into and gone, you know, Blake Solly is a man who can take the game forward. When he left, you know, I couldn't help but feel a bit disheartened by it all. Yeah, and the fact that he left to go and head up a position at South Senior Abbotsford, which is obviously a big club in the world of rugby, but he's left a governing body to go and take up a club role. It seems like that it should be the opposite way around. Um but obviously, there's, the NRL is so big these days and South is such a big team that it was a step forward for him in his career. Um, but I, I agree with John. I thought Blake Solly was uh, really pragmatic, really smart, uh, really forward-thinking and probably quite modern in his thinking in terms of growing the game and the commercial value of, of our sport. And, and the cynics will say, well, hold on, we've been through a period where there were, there were no chefs and now there's almost too many chefs in the kitchen in terms of in these different roles, creaming off these 200, 300, 400 grand a year salaries, uh, taking huge amounts of money out of a very small game with kind of little direction. I know like, Rob Elson's been in the, back in Rugby League two minutes, but that's what a lot of people in the, you know, who, who would be saying, well, where are, they, where are they taking this? It's almost like they're just taking the easy cash here. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of money to be had if you're an executive at the top level of rugby league. You know, there is it's good money, great money. You get paid more than the prime minister mm. to be the chief executive of rugby league. Mm. So look, that's good money, isn't it? And with that becomes responsibility. There's there's people in the private sector earn a lot more than that. But um, have these guys lived up to the responsibility over the last five. Six I, years? I don't think we're qualified to say. I, I think that the, that the the governing body is a product of a number of things. One. It's um, self-preservation, I think. Sometimes people protect their own position in life, don't they? So when you get into a position like that, it, it, it's natural instinct to protect that and to to ensure that that survives. That's just human instinct. That's not a criticism. And then I think second thing to that is the clubs. The clubs ultimately have quite a big say. So the fact that the RFL has been, I think, a scapegoat for the game for quite a number of years is probably in some way suited the clubs. And it suits the fans as well. Like we need, rugby league needs a higher power to blame. We have not got away from our Victorian, you know, the working class, you know, feeling as though they're downtrodden by the factory owners. Well, the RFL are the big, rich, factory owners. And the working class people are still actually, you know, feeling as though they're downtrodden. Was there anybody in particular you were thinking of when you said fat cat? No, no, just just no. the factory owners of the Victorian world. Yeah. Okay. You know, the yeah. industrial north. Know if they're, yeah, whether they're fat or not, they're just, yeah. Well, it's fat cats relating to the money that yeah. they get paid. Money. Yeah. Because what they, but yeah, I agree. I, I, they, I think it's easy for everyone in the game to slag off um, whoever's in charge, whether it be yeah. the, the RFL, the referees. RLF. RLF might be good. Yeah. Yeah. Rugby League football. Yeah, the dyslexic um, that's, the, that's the marketing change. Yeah. We'll do that. They are, we're gonna, what we're going to do is going to be three leagues, the three league, 13 leagues of four, and we're going to call it the RLF. And we're going to take the magic weekend to Benador. What would that be? I'm genuinely, and I don't know anything about the guy, but I'm I'm fascinated to see what Rob, I've been calling him Rob, we should maybe call him Robert because I don't know him that well. don't know him at all. He likes Bobby. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby Elston. No, I'm fascinated to see what what plans he's got because I'm sure this isn't just an appointment it's been like do you know what do you fancy leaving Everton and coming in this summer this has been in the pipeline has <laughs> I mean, so. you assume so <laughs> I'm, I mean you know you guys must be quite excited as players to, to see which which direction he's going to take this in the twilight of your careers yeah well I just mm. <laughs> well, twilight, twilight of my career, career. Well, um, I, I think look he's got a big job on his hands but for the right person it should be a really exciting job because you've got a sport that's kind of and this sounds really bad but it's got limited sort of expectation about what can be achieved mm. and about what will be achieved but it shouldn't that's the point I know it shouldn't but that's just the way it is and and I think if he comes in and he has a plan and he has a real clear strategy he gets buy-in from all the key stakeholders in the game gets the fans on side gets most importantly gets the clubs on side yeah. then we might have something but you know, I think that's to be seen. You know, we 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 haven't got a crystal ball, have we? Another big talking point: Sean Wayne is leaving Wigan Warriors. You might have heard that with my exact voice on Radio Five Live Breakfast today, breaking that news at about three minutes to eight o'clock this morning. Um, that and all the other news that we've been talking about within the game, in terms of Zach Hardacre, in terms of coaches going to different places, players going to, which which are the worst kept secrets in the game. That really was a shock, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. I um, I know Sean pretty well. He was my academy coach at Wigan um, for three years until 2009. And he's always been quite an honest, upfront guy. And I think I, I heard whispers about this might happen last week and I didn't believe it. And I think he's probably going to take a job in, in Rugby Union. Mm. In an interview today, he said that he's he's done 
he's reached all his goals in the game. He's, he's won Challenge Cups, Grand Finals, World Club Challenges. He's brought a lot of kids through the academy into the first team and I think he's ready for a fresh challenge. He's, he's been at or, or associated with Wigan for 30 years and I imagine that he's, he's kind of come to the end of his tether in terms of, not end of his tether, but he's taken the club as far as he can take it and um, he's after a fresh challenge. And you say that they're second in Super League. They, you know, yeah. he's, he's won what two Super League titles. A and they've been Cup, very, World very competitive for the last six, six or seven years when he's been in charge. I think mm. over that time they've probably been the most consistent team. You'd say, yeah, over that period, which is with all the big clubs around, that, that that's that's quite an how, achievement. How good is he as a coach? Yeah, I think he's great. I think what Sean Wayne does from an outsider looking in um, is gets young guys in, in the main to be physically at their best to be mentally tough and to be able to do simple things really well. And, you know, following on from Michael Maguire, who was, you know, sort of the forerunner to to Sean Wayne, I think he built a robust, tough, resilient sort of culture at Wigan, which saw them be really consistent throughout the course of a season. Um, I don't necessarily think they've always been the best team, but they've been the most consistent for a number of years, and that's credit to Sean Wayne. Now, as an outsider looking in again, mm. you've got Sam Tompkins is leaving, John Bateman's reportedly leaving, Ryan Sutton's leaving, Gildart, who has just re-signed, was reportedly leaving. Mm. You had maybe six or seven lads who were off contract who were all leaving. Or Lachlan's probably coming to the end of his yeah, career. Yeah, and, and I think maybe two ways, Sean and the club would have seen it as a... You know, maybe a, a natural end end to things, and you know, I'd be surprised if the end of the story is this. Obviously, Sean's new appointment, or what he's he hasn't just resigned and just gone. I'm just gonna walk my dogs in Wigan five days a week. Yeah. You know, a couple of pints in the cherry tree oh, in, in Standish, Ch- Cherry Gardens, Cherry Gardens, is that yeah. what it's called? Cherry Gardens, whatever. I just can't. You know, I think there's something else to come. Yeah, and, and Ian Lennigan said, didn't he, in his statement today, he was like. He, what was the wording exactly he, he he's after a challenge on a different stage which you, know, you could read a lot into that a different mm. stage could be Catalan being a different country could be a different sport you know, there's could be the West End could be could, he could be going to imagine? Broadway could be, a, could yeah, be what, an East End gangster who could he play he could play um, Lenny McLean the, the, the governor the, the Phantom of the Opera yeah I think Sean Wayne would be a belting Phantom of the Opera he'd be really good great Billy lungs, Elliot great set yeah. of lungs on him or Widow Billy Twanky a bit old. Widow play, Twanky he could play in, John uh, Wayne <laughs> <laughs> Sean Wayne, second John, best Wayne. Sean Wayne, John, John Wayne, John Wayne. Get um, off of your horse and drink your milk. <laughs> Can you say that in a Wigan accent? <laughs> no. Get off yeah. your horse. Get off. <laughs> Get off <Come>. horse. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, John Wayne, that? good cowboy. Not, not my kind of player, buddy. <laughs> but he always not, says, buddy, my, yeah. not my kind of player, buddy. Not my man, buddy. Is, is he the is he the kind of coach that you? When you guys obviously talk to all the Wigan players and so, is he the kind of coach that you want to? Play we don't for? talk to all the Wigan well, players. You do. You're what do you mean? What do you think we do? We've got a big WhatsApp group, league smart. WhatsApp group. You got Wigan players who are mates? Uh, no, but I've, I've played for Sean Wayne. So yeah, no, yeah, you, you still. Know, still what was the original no, no, question? No. no, so so is he the kind of guy? I know you played in the, when he was academy coach, but is he the kind of guy that you'd be like, do you know what? I want to go and. No, but I was pulling Will upon a point that we all t- like. You must, you all speak to the Wigan players. No, we don't. The Wigan and Saints. What's that racism, group? Is that what you're accusing me of? Like, <laughs> no, we just don't speak to each other. You don't. Do you speak to people who present for ITV? Yeah, like yeah. Dave? Yeah. On Dave? Yeah. Do you? Dave, you're obsessing me, guys. Dave. Dave, want to give me a contract? 
They don't. I will take it. They Will, don't, Will. But they don't. That's Dave, if you are listening, Will's open to any offers. <laughs> and if no. you're going to call now, call and right that, now. That's, I guess, why we should call because now. Because even Dave don't want to give me a job. <laughs> this is real life Partridge. This is this is yes. uh, not, not Radio Norwich. Where did he go after Radio Norwich? Uh, North Norfolk Digital. <laughs> North Norfolk. <laughs> Say that quickly ten times. North Norfolk Digital. North Norfolk Digital. <laughs> That's why I haven't got a job there. Yeah. Pathetic. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um, no, Sean. Sean. But will, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, he does make you play for him. Yeah, it was a, wasn't a trick question. No, no, but no. I'm, I'm answering from experience. Okay. So for those three years, we had uh, a team where probably ten to twelve have actually got on to play for the first team. Mm. We were really successful. Went a year without losing, and I can I can say that. He, he got us up for every game. We played with the aggression and passion. Um, and although he tactically at that time he wasn't as astute as he probably is now, he, he really got us up for those big games and you would, you'd run through brick walls for him. And I think it's a special kind of coach that can bring that out in players. And, and he was he was tough and he was old school and he kind of instilled those values into, into his players. And I think that old school mentality is probably going from the game a little bit, but he, he certainly brought toughness with his coaching and in terms of who next for Wigan I mean Wigan right are still tell me if I'm mm. wrong Wigan, hey, Wigan will make a bigger point but Wigan, Wigan are a hu- huge huge deal I, th- I in the, think they'll appoint somebody with um, a coach or a former player that's got an affinity to the club Sean Edwards so it could be Sean Edwards, Edwards could be an Andy Farrell it could be Dennis Betts I've heard Adrian Lamb the mm. former halfback who, mm. who was Papua New Guinea coach recently I think they'll they'll bring in a former fans favourite Who's been and been part of the fabric of the club? Who's might have gone away for a few years, but have still held them, held Wigan very close. And that to would heart. be huge, wouldn't it? That would be a coup to get if they could get someone like Farrell or Edwards back from. from I don't. From I can't Union. see. I just can't see that. Honestly, can't. But I, I, I think it'll be a big appointment for Wigan because, like I said, Maguire, he instilled a certain culture. Wayne seems to have taken that on and kept it running. Yeah. Now the next appointment is really important. Could it be like a Holbrook? Could it be an outside? Yeah, I, well, I think Justin's appointment is, is you know, an example of good yeah. recruitment. You know, somebody who's outside of the public eye, really. Enhance the culture. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, look, it could be anybody, couldn't it? But I think I actually agree with Flash. I think knowing Wigan and they've got this really strong sort of internal, you know, they look after each other. It's a family sort of feeling. Mm. I think they'll appoint somebody who's got a connection with the club. I actually spoke with Michael Maguire um, at George Burgess's wedding in, in Australia a couple, about, 18 months ago and I'd never met him before and I had a good chat with him I said how did you like your time at Wigan he said I absolutely loved it he was he was at the time uh, coaching South Sydney and yeah. he, he really enjoyed the fact that um, it was a lot less stress over here and he could enjoy his life as well as the, the rugby and he said I'd love to go back to the UK and, and maybe Wigan and coach one day and he had a really strong affinity to the club and he's just been appointed as the New Zealand um, head coach so that probably rules him out but I thought it was interesting that having having spent a couple of years there, he still had that strong connection with the club to come back. I think back Super League's a great way to cut your teeth as well. So coaches come over here and, you know, I think you make mistakes, earn your stripes, and then ultimately the goal is to go back to the NRL. So Michael Maguire, for example, he came over here to enhance his reputation. And it worked. And it did. He went back. Justin Holbrook, similar. Nathan Brown did it. Yeah. He wanted and, and, to cope with us. Ultimately, if you're a coach, you want to coach at the top level. At the moment, the top level is the NRL. So secondary to that, if there's only 20, 30 jobs of top-level coaching in the world, is Super League. So people come there to, to earn the stripes, to, to gain profile and, and, and respect and then ultimately the aim is to get back to the NRL isn't it for yeah. Sean Wayne Sean Wayne's 
peak of his appointment in in club rugby league would have been Wigan. Yeah, like that's where he wanted to. He wanted to work for Wigan. He wanted to be head coach at Wigan. And I can see in his mindset, he's thought, right, well, I've been head coach here. I've won everything. Um, you know, a lot of the lads who have come through with me are now moving on. I think it could be a smart time to like leave. A Fergie moment where you realise that. Yeah. Hold on, maybe, maybe get out before. Yeah, get David Moyes in. Get David, David Moyes in. into Wigan. Yeah. Give it gigs until the end of the season. <laughs> Last thing on Wayne then is, is it a strange time with still such a long way of the season to go to announce that you're going to leave? What you know? What, what's the advantage of well, announcing? We it don't know where he's going, so that might have impacted on this time, mm. at the timing of his decision. Um, I think he's probably got somewhere in mind where he's going. They might have wanted to announce it in this this next month, so. In terms of their recruitment and how yeah. they do stuff, and it, yeah. it makes sense perhaps for for it to have been done. But like if you're that. a player and you know, oh, the coach is out at the end of the season, it kind of can go one or two ways, can't it? Yeah, it can. It, it, it can, but yeah. but you hope, hopefully the culture is strong enough where the, you know, it, I I don't think it'll change. I think Sean Wayne will want to go out on a high. Yeah, and it'll be telling that to his players. He'll he'll want them to to give him a trophy before a trophy or two before yeah. um, before he finishes. And if 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 Lennigan said a different stage. In all seriousness, it's not it's not the West End for people who are thinking it was. It's very much likely that's going to be rugby. Union, it's the Lowry Hotel. It's the Lowry the Hotel. The Lowry Hotel. Theatre. Theatre. Sorry, Lowry Theatre. Yeah. Theater. yeah, I'd love to see Sean Wayne do a monologue. You know, <laughs> just a spotlight. Theater. Just a spotlight. It's just called a man and his troubles. He does a three month. A man and his troubles. He just walks to the corner of the stage. Spotlight comes on. He looks into the distant into the crowd. He just goes, There's a monologue about pies. No, he just goes through players. He goes, Matty three Smith, months, good, every great night player, not not my, not my kind of half buddy. buddy. <laughs> well, now we may sell it out the first night, a whole load of Wigan fans, and then second night, third night, you've got three months of it. Yeah, and then it, and then what? Wow, what a way to go out. Well, listen, if you if you are from the Larry Theatre uh, or the Larry Hotel, we can put it on either either venue. Yeah, get in touch at Whippets Arena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's whippets and flat caps. Question time. Yeah. Question, time. A, um, question time. 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 Questions with catchy than that. Questions with the whippets. What I say? And the whippets. Flat caps. Why don't we do a word each? It's whippets and flat caps. caps. No, oh, two right, separate okay. words. It's whippets. No, that's shit. It's whippets and flat caps. Question time. Time. That's catchy. That's better. <laughs> mm, I think we should edit that bit out. <laughs> no, no. It's question time. I like that bit. Um, last week's winner we didn't announce we're going to announce it right now you're not good at announcing the winner uh, Will well you know you guys are going to choose it okay? true but, that's like, true we're not so going to choose we it last week, we'll, we'll do this week's winner after the questions last week's winner who wins the great prize of Sunday lunch slash Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday, Friday lunch or dinner Saturday. and some drinks uh, at Rigi Bianchi in Macclesfield fine fine play We're Italian just... furniture magnate Nick Bianchi yeah. has put this up as a prize Lothario Lothario, Lothario. Call, the Lothario of S- Old Liege speaks six, lang- six languages does he what other six obviously Italian English too give me four more German French Spanish, French. Spanish Mandarin Japanese Mandarin. Does, he speak, does he speak Mandarin yeah. what a guy what a guy I think we'll have to edit that bit out actually Bye. <laughs> just did that. I just but, said hello uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right I'll keep it in uh, great guy great play we're still not getting the question, uh, the uh, the pictures back that we've requested, and the purchasing of an item. Whether it's mm. uh, probably because we're not announcing the winners and they're not going. So, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna so who's that. the winner? So the winner this week, Mark, is no helmets allowed. Required. Required. Let's get it. No helmets required. 
Um, and his question last week was about the impact of the Toronto game. Sounds a bit like a German name, that doesn't it? Yes. No helmets required. He's actually an author. I looked on. His, he's, he's an author. Written written a few books. What such as? Um, I, don't, I don't know if they're leather bound, but they've written some rugby league books. Oh, rugby league books. Cool. Yeah. Um, so Bravo no two zero. Well, that was Andy McNabb, wasn't it? I don't think his first name is No. So Joe's brain back. <laughs> but he's off to. He's off to. You're off to the Isle of Fernando. No. You're off to Macclesfield. <laughs> You're off to uh. Macclesfield to meet. Do you know what? It's actually worth just going just to meet Nick Bianchi, who should be our guest one week. What a on champion! This, yeah, the, what, a what a champion! What a guy! What a hero! And 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 he should be a guest. We'll do, we'll do a show from Arigi Bianchi, mm. where essentially we've won the prize and we're eating the food for the week. Mm. Um, and maybe we'll, get we'll bring a friend, prize. or maybe or maybe we won't. This week the questions uh, are as such. John Wilkin with the first one. Um, if you were to go to Vegas on a hangover movie style stag do, which three people would you most like to go with? And which three would you least like to go with from Cameron Ladd? Probably take Cam- two of his dogs. Two Ds in Ladd. Well, I've been, and I, I, what I'm going to do is instead of answering the question, I'm going to recollect about the people that I went with. You're good at not I went with Paul Wellens, Sean Long, and Paul Sculthorpe Ooh. in 2005. Just, just you four? No, there was, there was others, but they're the rugby they're lads. Not, they're not worth mentioning. No, but they're just not yeah. rugby lads. I could name the names. We were wearing like, Go on, name the names. Steve Woods, 31764327. <laughs> Captain Jibbers. Uh, Jibbers! <laughs> Great lad. Uh, okay. How um, was it? Good time? It was It was fantastic. Um, I don't recall an awful lot other than being in the airport and then right. coming back. Um, did you get off the out of the airport? We did. We did. I remember walking over to a table, intoxicated, and watching Sean Long play poker. Not Street Fighter. No. And there was a five dollar fine for every time you swore, and he was bunching together swear words neatly into fives, and then throwing twenty five dollar chips at the croupier's head. <laughs> <laughs> it was G. He must have done about four hundred dollars of just chips at this this croupier's head. Who do you know what? In a true American style, he'd go, "Ah, oh, thanks a lot, sir." <laughs> I can't imagine that they they get the they get sort of Sean Long over there. No. No, it, not not when he come he's, out of there. Like to get home. No, we we put him in a bath for about three hours, a cold bath, just to sort of sort him out. It didn't work. It was a great, it was a great trip, a great trip. Who would you but, least like to go with? Um, Paul Wellens, Sean Long, Paul Scholes. Yeah. Paul Wellens, <laughs> Paul Wellens is number one because he degenerates any alcohol session yeah. into the lowest form. Like he will find the rankest place, yeah. an Irish pub. He will be in a place. And he'll go, well, no, there's an Irish pub around the corner, let's go there and drink really bad Guinness all day instead of going to a nice place. Yeah, because you never do that. I do that as well. I've yeah. inherited that, actually. Yeah. Have, but I yeah. think that's not me. I've just I've plagiarised yeah. his beer. Yeah. <laughs> because I thought, mm, it's you're quite fra- endearing. You're a fraud. <laughs> you are. Mark, who would you, have you been, you been to Vegas? I've been twice, actually, yeah. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't take so, John because he's good for half a night and then you've got to babysit him for the rest of the night. So yeah. that's... Uh, you're you're a bit of a child as well. Yeah. Um, probably just go on my own. Do a bit <laughs> of I've seen. It's a lot <laughs> of good sites actually. A lot of good museums. Um, <laughs> Mark would go to the museum. He'd go to see the Grand Canyon. The Grand yeah, Canyon. Grand, uh, <laughs> uh, Nick Weston had an amazing time. Nick, Nick Weston does love Magic Weekend. Does he? he's come back with another mm. Magic Weekend? It's very positive. question statement. Um, had an amazing time at Magic. Not even Magic Weekend. It's Magic. Um, see attached. To my seven-year-old and his cousin. Just open that up for you guys. There they are. Look at that. Oh, great, great picture. Great picture, Nick. Great picture in front of the Rhinos players. Um, I stole this question from a Wigan fan. 
What about Magic Weekend being a six round of the Challenge Cup instead of an extra league fixture? There we go. We've already talked about it, haven't we? But we have. We've yeah, kind great. of ruined it for you, Nick. I'm sorry about great that. Great idea, Nick. I have already talked about great it. Idea. That is a good suggestion. Lots of people have been suggesting that to me as well. Had well. a great idea as well. Why don't we have an odd number of teams in Super League? Yeah. Right. And then we have a bye weekend. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. I think we should. Well, and then if you've got, weekend say off. if you've got Toronto in, the bye weekend could be based around the Toronto weekend. So you could always have your bye following the Toronto weekend. So you stay in Toronto and have a good time? Potentially, or or it just gives you time to recover where it's not an issue. Um, Extra sessions on the field. Just an idea. Mick Faley. Oh, uh, my. I think you say his name, Faley. Faley, Mick. It uh, says, which player put on the most weight between season end and return to pre-season? And which player pissed everyone off due to natural physique Paul Wellens put on the most weight Paul Wellens um, has had more mentions than Pep Guardiola now in the last well I know, but, him, well I know but this is Paul whenever you again Wello used to lend you a pair of jeans you know just if say you got caught short you'd go out for a beer after a game Wello no, had a pair okay, sorry no no I don't. well no you'd go to the game in a tracksuit in a uniform and then you'd have a good win and then we'd all go right, let's go for a pint if you didn't so live you were on the top half what what would he wear on the top half if you were caught? One of so Paul Wellens' T-shirts. But the story, <laughs> the story is about the jeans. One of that, Will, that caught, Will, my imagination. The jeans were 38 inches waist. Right. They were massive. So you're wearing Nigel Woods trousers. The jeans were massive. Right, no, so, that, so Wello had off-season jeans, and he had, does he thir- have off-season jeans? He had 34 inch waist jeans that he wore all the time. Yeah. And then he had 38 inches no. to expand into. Bullshit. Yeah, I'm not having that. Honestly. Like pregnancy Honestly, pants. Honestly, it was like, it was like <laughs> it just needs to get one that's 34 with elastic. Do you remember that waist? guy we interviewed at PKB for the general manager's job? <laughs> and we were going to hire him, and then he stood up and he had really bad jeans on. No, <laughs> I, I lost the job. I said, give him the job, and then as he walked away, John pointed and said, look at his pants. We can't give him the Job, so look at his pants. Didn't employ someone because of their jeans. Oh, honestly, with that bad. We're his jeans. About, we're, we're talking about jeans as in Ge- genetics and his jeans. <laughs> he wasn't mixed race. Both types. No. Both no. Type. Genetics and his choice. Oh, of, it uh, was hilarious. Habits. Honestly, you can't put into words. They were worse than Wellers off-season jeans. <laughs> These jeans were that bad. They were forty-four. It, it lost him his job. He had a job. He was nailed yeah. on. He interviewed was, so well. Maybe he's stood up. They were they were bag. They, they were pulled bunched together with a belt. They were too big, but he was quite big. Yeah. And then they were like. I'd say like five sizes too big and turned up at the bottom. It was insane. Maybe it was, he'd sort of, he'd got, he was getting his life in gear, getting a new job, he'd lost loads of weight, he just hadn't got around to getting the new jeans. Yeah, but we didn't have time for those. Didn't have time for those questions, Willie. <laughs> walking out the door. Excuse me, we've yeah. got a series Jesus of follow-up shit, questions. <laughs> we also interviewed a guy who had a turtleneck, looked amazing. And, um, <laughs> I knew this was going. <laughs> he looked amazing. He, he interviewed amazingly well. Uh, no, he didn't actually, sorry. He walked in, sat Warren's. down. Lawrence walked in and sat down opposite us and began to speak. He was like a male model. He looked like an Adonis, like he had a turtleneck jumper on, really looked quite magnificent, smelled amazing, sat down. And first question was, so Lawrence, where where have you worked? He went, I've been working at Frankie Benny's now full of (laughs) ideas. And Flash, without even listening to anything else, wrote, wrap it up in big letters on his sheet of paper and then pushed it towards me. And And like Lawrence was just staring at this bit of paper thinking. (laughs) Trying to read it upside down. (laughs) He read it upside down. Ruthless, you guys, aren't you? No, no. That story's half true. I continued with the interview, Mark. I switched. Mark stood up and turned the aircon up and down for a bit. <laughs> but he, he didn't get the job. He didn't no, get he the didn't job. Get, Needless to say, we had the last. So just on that note, if you are, you know, thinking about 
well, I'd like to work in a coffee shop, one of two locations in the centre of Manchester. What what kind of qualities do you need? Just uh, good genes, obviously. Good genes yeah. with a G and a J. Uh, not a uh, high pitch voice. You deep know. voice. Accents are important. Um, yeah, just a whiff of knowing what you're going to do. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, I, I would say it wasn't just the squeaky voice. The squeaky voice played into a bigger picture of experience a crevice of, of sort of uncertainty yeah there was there was lots of the things that that was but it was particularly the voice that caught us off the guard nicky leach john and flash have both experienced changes in coaches what's it like from a player's point of view to go through any horror, horror stories with the emoji where you put a hand on each side of your face and go ah! 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 i can't remember oh i suppose when rice left when rice simmons left saints Mike Rush and Kieran took over for the rest of the season, didn't they? Yes. But I don't think there's been... I don't really react to it all that differently. I, I remember when Royce left. He yeah. got sacked and me... Well, I went round, <laughs> went round to see him the day after he got sacked and knocked on his front door. He answered the door in his pants, in his underpants, and his hair was like tufty as fuck. He'd just been, he'd not been to sleep. He was been always tufty. He'd been to sleep, but his head had just touched the pillow for about eight seconds. And he went to the fridge and it was like 10 in the morning. He was like, do you want a beer? And I was like, um, yeah, okay, yeah, fine. He went to the fridge and went, fucking hell, there was 24 of them cans in there last night. That's <laughs> <laughs> the first time we've had a C-bomb on there. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll edit that out. Yeah. No, we won't. Um, and uh, underneath Nicky's question, uh, Jason Riding says, great question. Look forward to their replies. Um, and then she says, I might win lunch. With the, the coach question, yeah. in all seriousness, it's... A really tough job, that isn't it, to come into an organisation yeah. where the things haven't been going right. It's very rarely a coach comes in. Maybe actually, if you look at the Wigan situation, where a coach might come in and Wigan have done really well, mm-hmm. there's not very often you come into a positive environment. So you've got to make a positive impact really quickly. I, hope it's that, I, exactly I think that, I think it? players have a, have a bit of a fear when a new coach comes in because especially if they're playing regularly or the, the previous coach liked them, there's a fear that this new guy that's coming in might not like look me. Look at me, look at me, look at me, pick yeah, me, pick me. So there's there's a case of that. There's a case of, shit, I need to need to play well, I need to train well here mm. because this guy might not want me around. So I think there's always a good response from a new new coach coming in, but I think that's more of a selfish part of the players thinking, I, I need to impress this guy. And I don't think yeah. it always has to be an influence from the new coach. It's more of a, a selfishness from the player thinking, I've been I've been shit for the last few months. Uh, this new guy might not like me. I need to book up my yeah. Act. And look, I think one of the biggest myths in sport is, and it's it drives me insane, is in football, this link between changing your coach and changing results. Now that 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 actual mentality for me is mad. Like you need to recruit people in a smart enough way that have got ideas and and longevity in your organisation, and you back them. Um, but in football, it's short-termism. And, and, and f- thankfully, in rugby league, we don't really suffer from that short-termism approach. I think coaches get a bit more time in in rugby league, and I think that's a good thing. I'm not uh, going to lie to you. Some of these uh, questions are themed with uh, Johnny Vegas. I'm going to try and edit these out, because I, I sort of said Johnny Vegas was going to come on the show. Well, he was, but which, he's not answering which, his which phone. He's, not he's gone missing. He has. He's gone missing. So probably in Benidorm. He's, probably he's in, in Doncaster. Doncaster. He's, he's in a hotel in Doncaster. And yep. he's ho- he's holed up. He's holed up. In does a his, does his <laughs> I don't know if he's in, in a hotel in Doncaster. <laughs> I've got an image of him holed up in a in a in a hotel. You know, like flight with Denzel Washington, the pilot. He's mm, in yeah. that hotel good scene. scene. Where, good where scene. Good The minibar suddenly <laughs> suddenly empty. And the he's gone missing. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so one of the questions here which Super League coach says Bryn May not Brian just to confirm that's not Brian May from Queen Bryn May which Super League coach past or present would you most like to go to Benidorm with surely Dennis Betts for the karaoke alone what song would Dennis Betts play on the karaoke with that husky voice with Barry White mm, Barry um, or some just heavy bass music and you just do the bass Springsteen it'd be Barry White would he would yeah who would I like to go to Benidorm with? Nathan Brown would be good. He liked to be, didn't he? Mm, it'd be oh, good fun. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a good lad. I'd always wanted kind of a beer with. Do you know I want a beer with? Way. Ryan Sheridan, who's a Castleford assistant coach. He looks mad as cheese. Yeah, is cheese mad? Ooh. Cheese is mad. Think about cheese long enough. Ooh. Think about cheese now. Cheddar. Oh, you're mad. Um, Tom Willow. Following on from Flash and Noel Gallagher, mm. uh, who's the player that you've most looked forward to playing against? But I've been most disappointed in either performance or personality, or not playing with, just playing in general. You've been really disappointed with in the performance. Or Who the personality. let themselves down a little bit? Yeah, you let, you, you let yourself down a little bit. Yeah, you're disappointed. I've done that a few times. Yeah, we know. We don't want to go into that. Um, Brett Kamali. You play with or against him? Against him. Go on. Why do you let Why do you let himself down? He played for Bradford. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. yeah. And how did he let himself down? It just wasn't. He was like legendary guy and just didn't I think oh, sometimes Australians come over uh, uh, right at the end of the career when they're struggling to get a game over there and then they kind of get a good gig in, in the UK based on past glories and they just don't really put the heart into it do they no Andy B question for Mark you've played for an NRL club correct tick uh, two big Super League clubs tick tick, tick. and a, a lower mid tier Super League club tick, tick. <laughs> tick. big tick uh, huge fucking tick What's the difference in quality and expectations at each level? Um, at the minute, it's a good question. Uh, it's a good question. At the minute, um, I think standards are different. I think at big teams like Wigan and Saints, there's an expectation um, for your behaviours around training and playing to be as good as the, as good as they can be. I think the environments. Um, Help help with that. At the minute, we've not got a reserve team or an under 19s team. Whereas at Wigan and Saints, they've got uh, a plethora of talent around the place. Whether it's young kids coming through or or reserve teams, so I think you can probably rest on your laurels a little bit more at a club like Salford, where they've not you've not got as many players breathing down your neck. Um, you think when you've got a, a fewer amount of fans like Salford compared to West Tigers or whatever or Saints mm-hmm. that that. Inf- uh, then opinions are easily influenced because it's a smaller group of people. No, I think it, no, I think that's. Well, if there's more fans, there's there's more people giving their input. Well, there's a bigger range of opinion, isn't there? Yeah, more yeah, yeah but I mean, a, just a more one directional opinion of like what. The, uh, maybe no, maybe how the Salford fans are feeling. No, I, right I don't now. think. That. I think there's, you're going to get a wide range of opinions, whatever club you play for. Uh, I, I think at, at smaller clubs, there is there is um, um, an aspect of. Of teams of those teams used 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 to being down at the lower levels, where they're not as used to battling against Wigan Saints, Leeds, all the bigger teams. I think there's there's not as much ambition because of, they're not as used to playing at the, at the lofty heights that we probably were last season. So they kind of accept maybe accept second best a little bit at times. As there's a culture of of from from the fans from the club as a general that they're not used to being in, in those situations so they accept second best whereas Wigan and Saints are used to success so it kind of drives drives more more, more success and I, I think as well at, at lower clubs 
that you you're not as aware of what good looks like of what good is do you know what i mean of 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 yeah that like uh, going back to damien hughes episode 12 he said su- success leaves like evidence doesn't it along the way well at good clubs there's there's a clear sort of trail of breadcrumbs that you can follow in there so there's there's a, there's a there's a link to success or to to winning that you can follow now, sometimes I think the further down you go, the the further away those crumbs are, the harder it is to find that trail, and and that in itself is probably one of the biggest challenges. Mm. You need enough people at a lower club that know what good is to then turn it around. But the challenge is getting enough good people on side to to know that. And and I think look, ultimately, Mark said it that standards dictate the difference between the top clubs and the bottom clubs. Yeah. That being said, um, if for example, Salford play at their very, very best. You know, they are a challenge for, for, for a lot of teams in Super League. But if they're not at their best or if they're at 85, 90% of their best, they get beat. Well, you, you guys but, were at your best against Widnes. And you exa- exactly. Whereas yeah. if we're not at our best, we, we, we would probably get beat as well. Yeah. And I think the other obvious one is, is resources. Um, for instance, Saints have Ben Barber, the best player in the game. He's probably one of the highest paid players in the game. Whereas last season, our best player was Ben Murdoch Masilla, who was. One of the one of the strike back rowers and was obviously in demand. Now Walt Warrington came in for him, offered a decent transfer fee, offered a better salary, so we sold him and he went on to, to New Pastures. Had we been a Saints, we probably could have afforded to keep Ben Murdoch Masilla. So that's an obvious one. But yeah. I think it's the ingrained um thinking and psyche of the club and the fans and the players of being a lower team is sometimes you're not expected to be but, at the top, whereas the bigger clubs, that's that's what the, their their fans and club expect. But also, them. flash with that, like players like Ben Murdoch and Slur aren't going to be attracted away if they're at a top club, are they? No. Do you know what I'm saying? It, 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 there is always a migration, I think, of players who are probably past the best going down and players who are exceeding expectation going up. Yeah. And that's just the natural sort of movement of, of talent in sport. You know, good players who are playing well at the bottom of the league get picked up by the top clubs. Top clubs who release players who, you know, and that's just the movement of players. It's natural. But it takes, I think, 5, 10, 15 years of great recruitment, of great coaching, of changing a club's standards to turn a corner. And and that being said, I think that that can also crumble down very quickly. So it's a really delicate thing that that building standards and a culture and building a winning sort of mindset, uh, and it's such a difficult thing to do. And 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 when a new coach comes in, mm. gosh, that's I mean, where do you start? Like, it's a massive job, isn't it? I think you'd like to cuckold Damien Hughes. Um, what does that mean? Cuckold. Yeah, I don't know what that means. No? Google it. It's um, you, it'll come up. Something you'll you'll see. It. If you are under the age of eighteen, don't Google that. Um, here is a question from. I don't want to do that. I've just googled it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to do, do it now that. While I read this next question. No, I don't want to. No, I've googled it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Whatever that. Always. Oh wow! I really do not want to do that. Your history. Um, Jonathan Duncan says. Dunks. Any, any dunks? Uh, any Mark Percival or Luke Thompson stories? It's said that they're not the sharpest pencils in the box. I've got a good one, Percy. Is that true? They're not the sharpest pencils in the box. No. No. Um, uh, Tom. Tom is. Actually, smarter than people would think, but it just comes up with some nuggets. But I'll let Mark tell his Mark pass. Um, in 2000, and, might have been 13 or 14, I was injured at the time, and Tommy Makinson and Mark Percival were both injured. 
and we were in the rehab group with Nathan, Nathan Mill, who we've had on as a guest. Mm-hmm. And Nathan and I used to conduct quizzes between Percy and, and Tommy just to see what funny answers they used to come up with. Mm. And on this particular day, we were doing Capital Cities. And, and Nathan asked um, what the capital of the USA was. Um, and Tommy Mack said, oh, I think it's Los Angeles. To which Percy replied, no, you dickhead. Everybody knows it's New York. Mm. And it's not, obviously. And actually, we know it's um, Washington. Washington, D.C. Very good. But he, he went off at him because he didn't know it was New York City. Mm. Mm. Tomo, Tomo's is quite a blunt object in a, in a lot of senses. Like he, he loves he loves protein and training, and uh, protein and training. Bizarrely, loves fishing. But he, uh, I think he got asked. We got asked what your sort of goals. You know, I think it was a couple of years back. This, mm. like, what's what's you know what do you want to do for the team? What you know what do you bring to this team mm. in a team meeting? And uh, Tomo's words were in a sort of Wigan accent. I just want to cut egg in dead <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Was cart, cart the egg in, which is the ball. Cart the egg. Carting the egg is carrying the ball, running dead with dead. the ball. Dead herd. Dead hard. Really, dead hard. Really hard. I, I'm going to, in, in your language, Will, I'd like to vigorously catch this rugby ball yeah. and run into you lot very vigorously run past indeed. You and swear at all of you. <laughs> Harrow. Uh, so, with that, I mean, that, that, by the sound of it, he would not have got through the PKB interview either. No, 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 he wouldn't have made it. No. Percy actually said to me, he said, "What?" I said to him, what do you want to do when you finish playing? He said, I want to be a chef. I was like, would, would you like cooking at home? He's like, no, no, I don't cook. I was like, <laughs> so why do you want to be a chef? He said, well, why don't you and Flash just sack your chef and give me 35 grand a year and I'll be your chef? <laughs> I was like, well, Percy, you don't like cooking and you can't, you can't cook. He's like, yeah, so. <laughs> Another one on Percy, when they're on the England camp, um, Sam Burgess told me that he was sat next to him uh, and Sam ordered calamari for his uh, for his starter and Percy tried a bit and said, oh, they're nice them. The next day they went for dinner um, and they were sat at separate sides of the table and Percy shouts to Sam when the waitress came, Sam, Sam, I want to order some of them fishy onion rings. What are they called again? <laughs> oh, my it's God. Close. So he ordered fishy onion rings that <laughs> were supposed to be calamari. Well, actually, in, in sort of a twisted way, it's a very accurate description. It is, yeah. If you're confused, he wants the fishy onion rings. Yeah. But at 25 or whatever, he's not knowing, having had calamari. Yeah. Is... But he's never left Witness. He grew in a test tube in Witness. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Wood, I'm not sure if he's related to Steve Wood, but uh, Tim says, looked at the Malaga Soccer Stadium when I was on the Costa del Sol recently. Could be ideal for all sorts of reasons. And then he says, wouldn't for mind. For what? <laughs> for a wedding? <laughs> Bar mitzvah. <laughs> What's it? What? Is this a question to us? Or it's, you just re- it's, it's, it's to you, yeah. He says, yeah. wouldn't mind seeing Toronto-style financed Malaga Matadors in Ooh. Super League in Chicago. What a name. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Who got the power pack? Who got, no, not having a bit of that. I'd play for the Malaga Matadors. Would you? Yeah. yeah. Malaga Matadors? No. no. Yeah, no. No pick up on I, that? I, yeah, I think, yeah. It'd be, uh, that'd be lovely. Uh, Josh Glover, we've already kind of done that. Shane, Sean Wayne, where do you think he's going to go? Where do you, th- who do you think he's going to take over? Um, Dave, uh, Benidorm is the hub of stag weekends. What's the funniest story you can tell from a stag weekend? P.S. Love the podcast, lads. Keeps me entertained whilst working away in the middle of a desert. Benidorm sounds good. Not long got back from there. think my liver is still there. What's your favourite stag do story, Will? You've used um, a few. Probably some we can't tell. Um, I mean, we've talked about New York quite a lot. John had a stag do on... Christmas Eve, which is a bit weird. Christmas no one, Eve, no Eve. one really went mm. to that. No, it was just in a pub. Yeah. Oh, pubs. 
pubs, several pubs. Yeah. So not many people could make that. We one. got thrown out of a pub in Nutsford for singing number one. It's Paul Wellen. Yeah. All deck, the way up to 13. Yeah. It's Deck the Halls with Bowers of Holly. As well. As well. I've, I've, I've got a feeling that um, Haskell Stag is going to be... Well, can I just change the story that we didn't do it then? Well, <laughs> so else did it? Well, funnily, actually, a good people. story. Good drove off. Good story on uh, stag duos on. A uh, few of the lads thought it was a good idea to get intravenous hydration, um, like sachets delivered off a nurse. A uh, very strange yeah, the nurse. The nurse actually looked like Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, Philip Seymour <laughs> Hoffman-styled nurse turned up. Yeah. Gave the lads... Uh, he was the best man who had one. Injection yeah. to the best man who went into anaphylactic shock because he was scared of needles. He's called Adam. He was sweating cobs and his eyes rolled into the back of his head. We, we had thought to, we'd like, lost him. Resuscitate him <laughs> in a hotel. By room. a Vietnamese woman and Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> on so the 17th weird. story of the so Gansevoort Hotel in the Meatpacking so, District. So weird. Strange days. Um, four ridings thoroughly bored with fans and coaches banging on about officials so what's the best refereeing decision you've ever seen how can you define a, a good refereeing you stood there just and go wow having, just, oh, getting, a, just getting it right that was what a decision what a decision no, I just so think that's that just he's obviously a referee nerd well let's click on him oh are uh, all net referees nerds no he is it looks like a woman uh, she is <laughs> shaved head. Like what did you say? What's uh, the name? You didn't Nigel give us a whisker name. follows this person. No. Just stuff, mostly politics, sport, and rants might be occasionally no, funny. I, I don't. Yes, I don't I know. There's three. I don't think um, we should look at refereeing decisions as being a great decision. You either do your job or you don't. Mm. And the consequences of not doing your job is you get slagged off. The consequences of doing it is you don't get talked about. If that's what you want to do, you want to be a referee. Fine. Well, Tim's replied to that and said, um, used to love John Holdsworth penalising the attacking team for not being five metres behind the ball. In brackets, acting halfback expected. Good to reintroduce that law. Mm. Tumbleweed. <laughs> Holdsworth. Hey. Sorry about that, Tim. Matt Healy asked, uh, asked a question. Can I ask the same question as two weeks ago? What was this question from we Tim? We don't know. I think he's just going to do this all season. Right. <laughs> he's related to you. Uh, yes, he is. So, so what, 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 does that mean? what does that matter? Well, we should find out what the question is. Well, there's no question. There's That's no question. the joke, there's isn't it? it? I don't get it. You do. You do. Can I ask the same question as a week ago? And then that's the question he read out. And now he's asked, can I ask the same two question as two weeks yeah. ago? I think he'll yeah. be three next week. Yeah. Is he going to win? No. No. So the winner this week, because that's it. That's all we got. Because there's supposed to be there's a lot of Johnny Vegas chat, but um, he's not going on. Mm. They got, don't want to see me. <laughs> he's got access to the kids. But they don't, don't want to see, see me. Uh, it was the one that got us talking. Yes, which was, which what was. did we talk about? The winner this week for lunch for four at Origi. The difference between a top club Bianchi's and a lower to mid club. is Andy B. Question for Mark. You've Andy played Burn. for an NRL club, two big Super League clubs and a lower mid-tier Super lower, League lower tier. club. Andy B, the ramblings of a chump who has a picture of Carl Amor as his avatar. Mm. Congratulations. We'll be in touch. Uh, meet B. Nick Bianchi. And don't forget... Don't forget Andy B, whatever B stands for. Don't let it be bumhole because we want to see a picture of something you've bought and a picture of you with Nick Bianchi at Arigi Bianchi's 
enjoying your food. It'd be quite unfortunate if it was called Andy <laughs> Bumhole. But you know what? <laughs> really is there anybody <laughs> called Andy Bumhole in the world? There is. Is there? There is definitely some good. Do you think so? Yeah. yeah. Is the last name oh, Bumhole? Oh, does it exist? While you do your uh, what's going in the whippets of Flatcap Simbin this week, I'm going to Google Andy Bumhole. Yeah. Go. Well, Jump I've I've got one that's been bugging me for a while. I think it's players and coaches really slagging off the officials a little bit too much. Been really getting <laughs> yeah, to me. Just have a bit of respect for the officials. But it really been getting to me. Um, that's not it. Okay. Um, what's going in the sim bin this week I've got for one. me is the magic weekend changing rooms. Um, Go on. So, well, essentially, what you've got eight teams in a stadium at any right. one time. Do you use Newcastle's home dressing room? I did. No, Love, yeah. Lovely facilities. Did you share a celebration around it at all? Yeah. No, Just walk around around with one arm in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Before you played the game. Yeah, I was going to say. After. Like a sack of shit. Like that. Yeah, we, we were in what can only disca- describe as like a janitor's cupboard. Right. It was like a janitor's cupboard, but it had been partitioned off from the bigger janitor's cupboard right. with a fake stud wall. That so they, just, they split up. We the were in that a couple of years they, ago. They like erected a stud wall just to partition off another room, and then we were sort of wedged God. into this room. And it's quite weird because you walk in with your studs on a carpeted sort of floor for yeah. about 300 yards. You have to then go out the changing room and onto a field, and there's three guys smoking pot there's like a random oh yeah the warm-up field at magic is insane you don't warm up on the pitch there's like a little in a park a grassy mound a public park next to the stadium and there's it's not even a park no it's not even a park it's a patch of grass that's doing it with bobbles essentially you can't warm up on the pitch because there's other games going on yes so you warm up on a grassy knoll even though we were first on yesterday so there would have been nothing on before yeah. the match. You, and we still an advantage being on the pitch warming up as opposed to but, the other team. Yeah, but we didn't. We still warm up on the grassy knoll. With the guys Bizarre as well, because you, usually in a game... You, you were the guys smoking, but just bystanders. Yeah, just in St. bystanders. Just, just well, they wouldn't be in the, <laughs> actually be guilty. Just, just staying out of trouble. Do you describe these guys to the local police? Well, they look Long like hair. you, Do they? Yeah. Really good looking guys. Really good looking. But the weird thing about the warm-up, Will, is you're warming up next to the other team, like immediately next to them, whereas... You're just never in that situation. Yeah. It's weird. You're in this weird park in the middle of Newcastle, warming up next to Witness, and you're looking at each other thinking, this is weird. Before you're about to kick shit, six shades of shit. Oh, of each well done, you got there in the yeah. end. Yeah. 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 Shit, 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 shit. Six shades of shit. Um, just by the way, Andy Bumhole, the first things that are coming up. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Andy and Anus show on YouTube, um, postmodern, question mark, sketch about a sketch gone wrong. Brilliant. Uh, big fat weasel bumhole Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's him. Uh, bumhole Andy, we've got the latest tweet. That was his first, his first name was Bumhole. His <laughs> surname was Andy. Maybe it is Bumhole Andy. Whoa. Andy Anus also on Twitter. Uh, uh, our security These are to do that Andy. question marks. Andy Anus. <laughs> <Andy. laughs> There's a lot of Andy Anus actually, and the Blue Death uh, had the tragedy of uh, Crookham Court School. So <laughs> they are out there. Is my, wow. my point. Mark Flanagan. Uh, Mark Flanagan, also the name of the Queen's chef who cooked yes. for Harry and Meghan at the royal wedding. I've, when I Google myself, he always comes up, so I've seen him <laughs> what, Do you often Google yourself? Well, no, not every day, but, no, but most. What do you mean you Google well, yourself? More, what more, do you do? Why do you Google yourself? Well, you type in Mark Flanagan. So well, why up? not type in, type in Mark Flanagan modelling pictures? Okay. Oh, stop it. Uh, well, lots, God, things when you put anyway, so in the Simbin this week for me is cameras in changing rooms. Cameras in changing rooms? Yeah, okay. Um, so I don't you, like. You, I don't like. Guys interrupt quickly. You you always tend to throw the things in which people like me on the outside of the game enjoy. I want to so see what's, what's going the, on in the dressing room. I want to see. I want to hear you, the mics. But you can't. You can't hear what's going on. So referee's mic. You it's just such a shame. You're seeing her, isn't it? 
It is, yeah. You've seen animated <laughs> coaches that. and lads walking around. I don't like it because it's you can when you're having a shower afterwards and you're walking out and you're naked, you, yeah. it's always pointing straight at you. And right. it's quite unner- unnerving. You should be walking around naked in front of the cameras. You, you know, they, well, the whole point is there, isn't it? I'm a, bit, talk. I'm a bit conscious that it might be uh, recording my little willy. Okay, but Rob Rob Burrow got um, videoed on Sky with his willy out. Yeah, <laughs> and it was in proportion to Mark's modelling career. Um, I'm glad you know you all listen to what I've got to say. No, no, I, I did, but I, I think this is going to have to be essentially like Room 101, where I decide, and I, I'm not, I can't put that in. Because that to me, it adds the atmosphere. Half time, well, there's no atmosphere. You see, can't hear anything. No, but you can. See, I like it's 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 insight. But it's insight. It's color. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's I good. Th- I think there's some things that should be mysterious in sport. No, I don't think exposing no, no. everything in sport is interesting. No, it, it, that I find it fascinating. The Dude. dynamic. Of so it's like saying, right, okay, you want you want to go and eat in in Heston Blumenthal's kitchen, but then. You you would like to watch him, him cook, yeah. yeah you I know, feel a little bit violated. Smoking outside the back door, yeah. you know, throwing shit in his bin. Yeah, a cat. yeah. <laughs> what happened to that woman? He's just deep fried a cat. Where is that woman tonight? He threw that cat in that bin. <laughs> <laughs> what is she doing? Well, you look at me like you haven't seen that video, Mark. That the, woman, the old woman yeah, threw yeah. a cat in a bin, in a bit in a wheelie bin, and just left it in there. And it was caught on CCTV. Where is she? And where is the guy who was interviewed on the BBC News Channel pretending? Uh, <laughs> I'm the IT specialist. <laughs> and can we get them together? Uh, I, want, I really want very, to get the BBC. Very, very good questions. Anyway, that has been it for episode 17 of Whippets and Flat Caps. Download the podcast from where, guys? Uh, Podbean or, or your, your podcast, podcast provider. Correct. Johnny Vegas has been great tonight. Yeah, thanks for getting Johnny Vegas on, Mark. Uh, no, 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 he wasn't me. It was John. Sorry, yeah. John. I delivered yeah. last week. You delivered. He did deliver last week. Well Always good to, you know, I mean, he is, he is as we are. Uh, at this stage on a Monday night as far as we are aware he's holed up in a hotel in Doncaster that's the latest we're hearing mm. <laughs> so, there is not a siege at Spurs <laughs> hotel doesn't it <laughs> sounds very dark it sounds dark <laughs> we'll find out what he was doing in that I hotel. think he's been held to ransom because there's no way he would be on the show open all hours or whatever the he's new... opening open no, all hours no, yeah no, he's that um, home from home BBC comedy that he's is it at the moment yeah is you I he... thought he's open all hours no no he did, he did a show called still open all hours still David open Jason. all hours that's the one but I think he, that's that's an old I think he's doing this show alright well just go home. against what his agent was saying to me and then just go what yeah, you she's think she's useless she didn't even get him on so yeah um, anyway uh, you're not useless thanks for trying you're not next week hope we can get you next week and uh, we'll find out exactly what was happening on that fateful night in that hotel in Doncaster. Wow. Um, at Whippets RL, give us a follow. Uh, we love you guys. Nice and, review. Um, Five stars. Yeah, nice review will do. And um, we'll speak to you all again soon. Bye. 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 Bye.